Welcome back to Green Eggs in West Ham. It's been a while since we've had an episode, uh, but we're excited to be back. I do want to note that we do have a little bit of a, an announcement for the podcast, shall we say, that we'll be sharing at the, at the end of the episode. Let's go ahead and get, get down to talking West Ham. So, Chris, we started off the summer pretty strong with uh, the transfer of Aguirre from Rennes for about 25 million euros, or, about, or 25 to 30 million euros. What are your takes on the big center back? Yeah. Uh, so first of all, I have to start by saying that the fact that we are um, in the European semifinalists and we're in Europa Conference last year, it's tough to say that this transfer window um, would be more exciting than that. However, I think it's pretty darn close. Um, we have some fantastic signings that I'm uh, we've seen a little bit in the preseason games. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm very pleased so far with where we're at. Certainly uh, not a, a typical uh, David <laughs> Sullivan, David Gold transfer window. I'll say that for sure. Yeah, and and you've got to. I mean, I think it's worth mentioning Moyes and the uh, the players he's brought in before. I mean, we've had pretty darn good success with all of them. So, um, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, we've got Naif Agrard. Uh, honestly, I mean, <laughs> once again, I think a great signing. Um, he's aggressive, in, especially like when it comes to defending, um, like corner kicks and stuff like that. Which there's been some defenders we've had that uh, have not been as aggressive, or I should say, as assertive um, sometimes, and that's led to goals against us. So I think he fills that gap. I also think that, uh, and you know, correct me if you think something different, but I, I mean, he's he's going to be a, a straight up starter, and especially with Agbana, even if Agbana gets hurt again, or Magrad um, right now has uh, had a little bit of an injury over the summer, um, we've got such a solid backup too that like this signing is is just right up the alley of what we need. Um, yeah, starter, it was, it was but, a little it was a little interesting that. This seemed to be the position Moyes had the, the most intention to sort out, uh, yep. especially since we did have injuries last year, did get kind of down to, to bare bones, but kind of coming back with, you know, I would consider Zuma obviously our, our number one center back, but Dawson mm-hmm. still really a starting caliber center back. You know, I don't really feel um, exposed when he's back there. You know, he makes some bad decisions every once in a while, but, but it's but very solid. So, from from Moyes to, to really want a replacement and, and to, to seem to want specifically acquired that left-sided uh, center back with that, that has good passing range, fairly pacey. I think it could be a really good signing for us. Good, good fit into our system. You know, he is injured now, but what, where do you see him? Uh, you, you see him starting over Dawson when he's healthy or, or what, how do you see us playing with him? No, I, I absolutely see him starting over Dawson. Um, and and that's what I'm saying is so impressive to me is that we really do have four people that could start um, in our two center back positions. So obviously Zuma was fantastic last season, Ogbonna for sure. Um, Dawson, again, I'm not worried. Yeah. He makes a couple of mistakes. You're going to get a couple of red cards still solid. I, I think we've got Aguirre as a starting position um, this season going, going into the first game. Would you uh, agree with that? Or do you think someone else would start over him? No, I, I definitely think he, he would be uh, a starter once he's healthy. Obviously, his he had the, the ankle yep. surgery. Could be out for I, I I've, I've heard anywhere from maybe just the first game to anywhere to a month and a half. I, I don't know. Um, I also think his versatility gives us a lot. Moises seemed to be is playing the the five back system a little more in in the last few preseason games. Typically with Cresswell as the left sided center back, but I think. Aguerd would also fill in that role if we wanted to do Aguerd, Zuma, and Dawson all together. That would be a very, very stout defensive lineup. So yeah, I, I, I think he's a good signing. It seemed a good price, especially for age about I think twenty six years old, uh, very experienced in the French in, in the French league. I think that they played in, um, I can't remember which Euro- European competition it was last year, but yeah, solid, solid signing. Let's yeah, go ahead and, and move on. Oh, no, go that's ahead. one more thing I want to mention about that is he's got that Champions League experience, Conference League. Like he's, uh, you know, he plays from Morocco, so it's not like he's got that. Um, sometimes it takes players a while to to really get into that level of competition, but he's already there. And I think that's what was one big thing for this season uh, for West Ham was it was kind of our first time in a long time being in those top level competitions. And so we, you know, we did quickly gain it, but we needed to gain that experience. Whereas he's coming in. And, you know, he can hit the ground running with some of those bigger competitions. Yeah. And if all goes well, I can see him and him and Zuma being a strong partnership for the next four or five years. Uh, so, so our next signing was, was a player that we already had at West Ham on loan, but, but we, we finally made it permanent. 
Ariola, what what do you think about him? What do you think his role is? How do you think he played last season? And what do you see him doing this season? Yeah, I think last season, I mean, he was nothing short of fantastic. Um, I, great signing, in my opinion. I know we had him on loan last time, um, but this one is uh, one that I'm really, really happy about, especially with Fabianski getting a little bit older. We're, um, he's you know probably on his way out uh, for sure within the next probably two years, uh, maybe even this year. So uh, it's interesting to see how he'll fit Fabianski in with Ariola now. And, you know, last season we switched him off between um, who was playing the premier league and who played uh, in Europa. Yeah. Let's do you touch see on that, that changing? Do you think, yeah. do you think well, speaking of last season, would you have, so Fabianski was kind of our number one keeper in, in the domestic league. Do you think that was the right call by Moyes or do you think Ariola should have started above him then? No. So I do like the call. Um, I, I think, you know, Fabianski is obviously a great keeper. Um, I think it was really good to get Ariola that um, he already had experience coming in. So I don't want to say get him experience, but see how he meshed with the team in some of the um, like FA cup and, and some of the other games outside of the premier league and kind of see his caliber. I think now I'd be very confident starting him day one man city um, this time. I, I, I could see him playing a lot more Premier League this time and kind of toning down Fabianski's role. I would not do the same thing we did last season, but I think it was the right call last season. What do you think? See, I I probably at about mid-season would have made the switch, would have gone okay. more into Ariola. I thought I'd seen enough from him in the Cup games and the, the Europa League games where I won't say he was better than Fabianski, but I think our team's potential was <laughs> higher with Ariola at the back. His His quickness... His his just reflexes, I thought, are were better than than Fabianski was at that moment. Obviously, I think I think Fabianski did a little better with um, positioning and experience, but but as Fabianski gets older, I think his reflexes will continue to, to slow down a little bit. I, I think he's still a great keeper, but yeah, I would agree with you. I would hope that Ariola is our our top choice, um, playing maybe seventy percent of the games and giving the other thirty percent to Fabianski. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the, the next signing we had was uh, kind of out of the blue. Wasn't really a player that was talked about a lot. Uh, the, the transfer materialized pretty fast. Um, the defensive midfielder, Flynn Downs from, from Swansea. Do you think uh, this was the right move? Obviously, he's a West Ham fan. Uh, what do you see from relatively young Flynn Downs? Yeah. Uh, so this one was interesting. I, I'm always a fan of signing people that are, you know, really behind the club and uh, it's not always, it doesn't always hold true with that. Um, Declan Rice obviously um, prefers other clubs uh, just in terms of who he grew up with. However, which we won't, seen... we won't mention on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, but you've still seen that level of commitment. So I think, you know, it's possible to get it out elsewhere, but when you see a player that, that really, really loves the club to me, that just puts someone one extra step above. Um, I, I am very happy with this signing. Uh, it's interesting to me that um, we signed him, especially with uh, Declan Rice. You know, there's been talk about him maybe switching to Chelsea or switching back to a couple uh, or being uh, interested from a couple other clubs. So uh, this one, I don't know if this is a preemptive thing and, and Moyes knows he's not going to stay, um, but I'm excited to see how he fits in with the team. I do feel more confident with him than um, like a Coventry, even though I think Coventry is a fantastic midfielder. Um, there was a couple other players in the club that like maybe could have gone for it, but I, I think Flynn Downs is possibly the replacement. What, do you, do you well, see that the same or I'm somewhat concerned about the role that Flynn Downs will be playing this season. So let's, if yep. we think back to last season, uh, Coventry was out on loan. Yep. We had Rice and Suchek starting just about every game. We had crawl and noble on the bench. Crawl couldn't get a same game to save his life. Noble would would sometimes sub in, sometimes start during a cup, but very really could didn't didn't have the legs to get a lot of minutes out of him, understandably. So out of all the center midfield minutes that we had, Rice and Suchek probably had ninety percent of them, if not more, in the Premier League, probably close to ninety five percent. Do you think Moyes is actually going to use downs this year? Or call or or Coventry for the I was I was excited about Coventry getting getting more time, but then this signing of Downs makes me think: Does Coventry even have a spot on the team? 
Um, but I, I, I like the signing, especially like I like the locker room presence that, he, that the kid seems to bring. He, you know, Swansea fans thought he was a great player, one of their standouts of the season. I'm mostly just concerned of is he even is, you know, knowing Moyes' kind of team selection, does he ever feature? Yeah, uh, I, I do really like the signing when you mentioned Coventry that it's interesting because I thought the same thing. There were a couple of times where we definitely could have played Coventry and it was almost the obvious choice. Um, and we chose either noble or we chose to keep in Declan rice and play him more um, when maybe we were up, let's say like five zero. And then we had a Europe conference game later that week. Like there was just some times where I, I figured we'd get a sub and we never did. So in those instances, I 100% see downs coming in. Um, I don't know the level of trust, to be honest, that Moyes is going to have. Obviously, didn't see it in Crowell. Uh, but I think this is a player that, because we didn't see that in Coventry, and I would be confident going to this season that that wouldn't change. Um, I, I'd say that that is probably the role that I think we'll see this season. And then that way he can pick up uh, if, if we, we do end up selling rice, which would be heartbreaking. Um, I think that you would see Downs fill that role. So, so yeah, basically, so that means co- you, you think you think Downs might get some play time, but Coventry basically will get nothing. That yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I that seems to be what what this is indicated. Although we'll talk we'll talk about in our target section there there might even be another center midfielder coming mm-hmm. in. I, I I obviously think right both Rice and Suchek were overplayed last season, especially with the extra Europa League games. They their fatigue really showed as the season progressed, especially Suchek. Um, I would hope Downs gets uh, Downs and Coventry for that matter get a little more play time, if not for anything else, to rest uh, our starters. But I, I, I like the signing. I, I like the player. I'm just, especially when it's taken with maybe some of the other targets we're still going after. I don't know if we'll, we will really see Downs feature very much this year. Yeah, the one like, kind of counter, I guess, to that or, or um, supporting it, thing is. To me, if you're looking at it from unbiased, like why would you sign Downs if you had that Coventry Noble? Uh, well, no, but no, no longer this season. But I just don't see like why you wouldn't sign or why you would sign him and then go play Coventry. You know what I mean? Like it just makes a lot more sense, I think, to yeah. sign Downs and play him. I mean, there, you. I guess you could make an argument Coventry maybe could play a little more forward depending on the the system where Downs is more pure defensive midfielder. I mean, I honestly, I don't know with if we do end up playing the five back, I don't know if this would happen or not, but I could see a midfield three of downs rice and Suchek being fairly strong where downs is the most defensive of the three. Suchek is given the most freedom to run forward, but that, but the, the, the addition of downs gives um, rice a lot more flexibility to move around the pitch. I, I mean, it's, it, if anything, it gives boys options, but, but it, it seemed it, it wasn't necessarily a, planned out transfer i guess which is my concern moise is moise is really known for the uh let's let's talk about this for for six months maybe we'll make a bid for him and sign him whereas this was we went from never hearing about the guy to he was wearing a west ham shirt in 24 hours which i i'm not against especially with the the quality that he looks to be but um I, i just wonder if this is a signing that that actually won't um won't pay dividends for a little while yeah, it, it may not, but I mean, he's young and, you know, I like it so far. I'm always down for young players and if it doesn't work, like crawl, okay. You know, we had him for a season. Then That's true. But I, but this is a five-year deal. So I yeah. think there's a little bit cheap. more potential. It was, it was like yeah. 9 million pounds maybe, which is in this market is, is, is a steal, especially for it's a 23, 24 year old yeah. um, championship experience player. Yeah. Well, the, now, the biggest yeah, signing of the summer, I guess it's, it's, it's taken a while to get here, but uh, after almost two straight years of of no striker signing, we finally have a new striker, Gianluca Scamacca from the Italian club Sassuolo. Big guy, big big player, six foot five, um, looks super mean. Uh, he's definitely a um, not. I wouldn't say very different player from Antonio. A little bit, both very strong, but but Skamaka has a uh, is at least reputation of being a very technically sound player. Uh, what do you think of Skamaka? Do you think he was the right striker to sign for our team? 
Yeah, so I must say I'm absolutely thrilled with the signing, especially because the striker is the one that we've uh, you know been pushing for, and then and then last year like didn't really sign one, and so now it's like thank goodness, finally secured one. Uh, I am I'm very very happy with this player too, this player selection. Uh, it, he he's not afraid to shoot outside the box, which I really like. I think that is a big difference from Antonio. Um, Antonio is is a massive presence, and well, I, I don't think Antonio's not afraid to shoot outside it's just we're afraid that he'll shoot from outside <laughs> okay that's a fair point that's a fair point and well and that's one thing I, I like about this is like i've seen the shots outside the box that they're there and antonio doesn't take them sometimes i don't know if it's because he knows he misses i mean he scored against the u.s uh, playing for jamaica and that was his first goal i think outside the box for years you know so of course it's against the u.s yeah yeah of course the one time we need you know we didn't need him to score but um no, but, but but this player with Skamaka, I, I see accuracy from outside the box. He's not afraid to take that. I also see that presence where Antonio, you know, needs two defenders to be on him, and Skamaka, I think, basically needs two defenders as well to be on him. I don't I don't see a, a situation where you play them together. Maybe if you're going for a goal, but um, with Skamaka's technical ability and I mean his his footwork is insane. Uh, he you know I I think this is an even better signing than I thought. Uh, and, we'll, and we'll get to that in a second. But what are your thoughts on him? Well, he's definitely a talented player. Um, a lot of big clubs were after him. We, we beat uh, PSG. Rumors are we beat PSG to, to his signature. Um, other big Italian clubs were looking at him. He was Juventus's number – or not number one, but U, a Juventus target before they got Vlahic. Uh, Vlahovic. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that from, from Fiorentina this past uh, January. But, man, he's he's – Big, he's strong. I think he has the physicality to play in the Premier League for sure. Um, I haven't seen full game film of him, but just the uh, kind of the the build up play has really impressed me from his highlights. The for such a big player to being able to bring in uh, wingers, midfielders into the attacking action. Obviously, Sapolo has very good wingers and and Raspadori and Berardi. Uh, that 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 are good goal scorers, but I mean, I think we have, you know, with with Bowen, with uh, Fornals, with Ben Rama, players that that have attacking prowess. If they're brought more into the attack because of Skamaka, that could be very strong. Um, the only worry I have is, I really don't think him and Antonio are anything alike, in the sense of their their off the ball movement, their attacking structure. Like Antonio makes those kind of through the channel wide, you know, behind, get in behind the defense runs to get get the ball on. I don't really see Skamaka doing that. Um, are we just are we going to try and force him into that system? Or are we going to uh, adapt the build up play to match that? That's my concern. Yeah. See, it's interesting you say that's a concern because for me that is his number one strength coming into the team. Um, the ability to switch up play because if you think about last season we had antonio and then we if you wanted to switch up the attack or the antonio method wasn't working you'd put in you know maybe yarmolenko and that was our like technical fix or something whereas i this season i see us putting in skamaka and boom that changes our whole attack i mean in a single sub you can change everything i really really like that i think he will fit in um I see him much more of and and again, let me know if you agree with this, but I see him much more of like a Hilaire player compared to an Antonio player where um, he is the part of what worries me though. It it is, but he's his work rate from what I've read on reports and everything is much, much better than Hilaire. And he's young. He's 23. I feel like he's going to try to really, really prove himself in in West Ham. My, my worry is that it will be a hilarious situation, not as in he'll play the same way, but that we mm-hmm. will not play in a way that suits him. I think the biggest difference between him and Hilaire is that he does have experience as the lone striker mm-hmm. in that Sassuolo system. They, they kind of run that 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1, depending on how you, you look at it, where you have uh, a winger on either side of him, but him as the lone striker. So I think that will fit us well whereas Hilaire really ever only ever played in a, a system that had two strikers and a lot of wing winger support um the only difference is it it, it won't um can we give him the service that he needs 
Yeah, I mean, I, that's fair. Um, I do think that the one big difference um, that I see, at least, is the fact that he was caught up to the Italian team during yeah. qualifiers it, it is, to me, a big statement because you don't just walk into Italy and qualify for their team. I, I mean, it was a massive shock that they didn't, you know, obviously with the World Cup run. Um, so, that caliber, the fact that he was called up to me tells me the caliber of the player. It tells me that um, he, th- I guess that's the difference between him and Hilaire for me is yeah. the caliber of the player. He's young. He, I really think we're going to see a lot. And, and you, I understand the service part, but if you think about it last season, we improved a lot when we put uh, for now at the attacking mid, we've got Cresswell who does, does great service. Sufal also was part of that fix. I mean, I, I think, he has Moyes over the past couple of years has been fixing the service problem. And now we're at a point and, and it was, you know, I think seen last season, we're at a point where the service is um, getting to where it needs to be. Yeah. I, I hope so. I think he can be a really good signing. I think it will. And I think playing to his strengths will be strong. I just hope we don't see him and Antonio as two sides of the same coin where we just put whichever one we put in, we play the same way. I think we need to mm-hmm. recognize um, from like the wingers and attacking midfielder perspective, different types of run, different types of build-up passes uh, will probably happen. Or if we, play, I think they could be good together uh, in the right system. Even if we play Skamaka up top and shift Antonio to the left wing, I've seen a lot of fans kind of speculate that could be on the cards, um, which I think would be very strong because Antonio against fullbacks would be uh, a nightmare for them. Well, and and that was one thing I wanted to touch on before um, we move on is if you do play that system, if we play that him in a single striker role, um, you know, I think, yeah, you have to play to his strengths, Kamaka and Antonio differently. However, if we play them together, either I, like I, I propose up top and you really wanted to press the attack, maybe we're a goal down and you need someone else to be up there with Antonio. Antonio is going to take two defenders, Kamaka, probably at least one, probably two defenders as well. So like, that's a huge, huge presence you're putting up forward. And then, you know, I don't know if you take off. Uh, uh, I don't know who would you take off to have that. Um, like where, off. where would you yeah. sacrifice? Yeah, what's, I think what's, it would be. How about this one? What if, what if, let's say Moyes decides, okay, we're we're going to stick with the four two three one, and says we're not going to play until you know Antonio's not a winger. Let's not play him there. And he he asks you, hey Chris, tell me who to start, Skamaka or Antonio. What what decision are you going to make? Yeah, so I'm. It's interesting because I think it does depend on the game. I will qualify it with that. Uh, I would play Antonio first because I have not seen Skamaka in the West Ham team. However, I see it eventually being, uh, and I would say in a perfect world, if we're only playing one of them, to have Skamaka start, play 60 minutes or 70 minutes, and then you throw in a fresh Antonio who on a, a tired defense already, and I think that would wreak havoc. Is that uh, what you're thinking? Or Yeah, I, I think... I think if I had to choose between the two of them, I would start the season with Antonio, but hopefully somewhere in the, the first quarter of the season, make that switch over um, and use Antonio in other ways, whether that I think, I think our best team currently would be with him on the wing, either, either both of them together or Skamaka alone up top and, and Antonio on the left side. But yeah. It also opens up some tactics for us, in my opinion. Like this past season, you put on Antonio, and then if you switched to Yarmolenko, the other teams, I feel like, didn't like it almost helped them because they didn't need to worry about Antonio's presence. Whereas here, it took away all like the, the field just got smashed together. There was no deep threat at all. Yes. In our team. Yeah. Well, and that's what I'm saying here is like if you could come up with a tactic where Moyes, you know, shows a little red sign or something, I don't know. And then and, to, and then that tells the team that, hey, our target is Skamaka, but Antonio's still on the field, and Antonio is purely there for, you know, drawing defenders. And I think you could do a lot of tactical plays with that, where maybe is the one that, you know, you're not really going to pass to, but he's purely on the field to draw defenders. And, I mean, you would open up the field like nuts, I think, if you did that. So it really gives us a bunch of options that I'm extremely excited for. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be a good signing. He's obviously very, very talented. Um, and seems to have, from from kind of the interview and quotes he's had, seems to have a a good attitude, on mm-hmm. him, good um, determined, not too cocky um, presence that that I think will fit well into the team. 
Um, let's kind of talk about some of the players that have, have left the club or, or might be on the way out soon. So obviously we, uh, Yarmolenko left the club. Biggest of all, Noble is, has retired. Um, Crawl uh, went back to his, his parent club. And uh, what, what do you think of all, all those? And I guess we've had a couple youth players leave, such as Perkins, Elise. Um, do you think any of, any of those will actually hurt uh, the team this upcoming year? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you mentioned Perkins. Uh, Perkins, I never saw as joining West Ham, you know, number one team playing uh, day in and day out for us. But I actually kind of did see that in Elise. And I, I wish we had given Elise a little bit more. I, I'm not the manager. I don't know what Moyes, you know, saw or didn't see. Um, so he was the only one that kind of surprised me that I was like, I was kind of surprised we got rid of him. Um, I, I, as... I almost feel that the presence of Baptiste in the the youth squad made it an easier decision where we do have a decent amount of senior center backs right now. Elise was obviously older than Baptiste, but maybe not as talented or not as, not as high of a potential. And so Mm -hmm. I I almost wonder if Moyes gave the green light for that transfer because he knew um, we already have kind of a youth prospect that, that, that he doesn't want to to clear or cloud up the, the path to the first team as much. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great analysis. Um, that's hundred percent what I'm, uh, what I'm thinking as well. And it'll be interesting. I, I think we've, this season will be pretty set, but I wonder if Moise just wants to keep developing the youth a little bit more. Um, we'll see, I mean, Coventry's, I guess a little bit older, so we'll, we'll see what happens with him, but, um, but yeah, getting back to what it is, um, noble, I mean, fantastic career. He needs to be a part of the team, in my opinion, just because of the leadership on the field in the locker room. Like it was, it was incredible to have him on the team. That is a big loss. Uh, I think more as a um, character presence than it, you know, than obviously uh, he was getting a little bit slower. So uh, I think that that'll hurt the team. However, I think Declan Rice is going to fill that role, and and I don't think we're going to lose too much there. But I do hope Noble joins the locker room somehow. Um, yeah, but, I yeah. mean, what are your thoughts on that? I'd agree. I think the only one that, that we'll see any noticeable change from is Noble, and that it's and that's mostly his um, locker room presence more than his on the field presence. And so it's going to require players like Deckman to step up. Um, I think other other big locker room presence. I think we'll have Ogbana back a little more, which will be nice. Um, I think players like you know Downs could be a real strong contributor, things like that. So I, I'm. You know, I, I, yeah, I hope he's part of the organization in some way, but otherwise all the other players, um, not too, not too concerned about them leaving. Um, but, but given all those departures, um, and, and the signings we've had, uh, what areas do you think we still need to strengthen the squad? Yeah, that, that's an interesting question. Uh, the, I would say the left back is the one that I'm most concerned about. And I, I don't want to call it a concern because I think we're covered. But now that we've signed a striker, which was the number one thing that we needed, period, uh, the left back to me is, is the number one. Cresswell, I think, can play. But if he gets hurt, what do you do? You, know, you put Johnson in there, which I think Johnson can play there, but he's not the number one pick, yeah. obviously, with, the, with his foot choice. So, yeah. Well, and I, I mean, guess one, one player with Frederick's gone, that's one part we forgot to mention. I guess it's no wonder. But with Frederick's gone, if you play Johnson on the left, then you have no cover for the right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And unless you, unless you trust Ashby to come in and which is, could be possible, but yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say, you can't just throw in a center back. Like we've got four starting center backs, but mm-hmm. you're not going to throw them on the left. You know what I mean? So no. yeah, it's tough. Especially um, not, not with the way Moyes expects them to get up the field and put crosses in. Yeah. Yeah. Besides that, honestly, I'm, I'm pretty darn happy with the team. And the fact that three seasons ago or two seasons ago, we were signing, we've got to sign three players at least. Mm-hmm. And then there were another five or six positions that we needed to cover. I see a ton of coverage now. Um, the, the next one I would probably come up with, um, I think we've got a lot of coverage in the attack now. Um, probably defensive mid is starting to come up just because I'm worried if Deccan leaves and, you know, maybe Flynn Downs doesn't fill the role. I don't know. Um, that is my next like biggest concern, but it's not a con- it's not really a concern for me, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think I think I would agree with you. Left back is the number one uh, position we need to fill. I, I Cresswell, I think he has a role in a three in a five back as a as a third the third center back. Um, I think he can play against some teams as a left back in a back four. 
but any team that has pacey wingers and i just dread having cresswell by himself on that left side it's just he doesn't have the pace anymore um and that's going to be a problem so i think left back is is our number one so here's a good question for you you know we we both say left back's the number one if we sign someone that would start over cresswell would you say that you could almost guarantee us top five uh, in the Premier League? Because I would, I would be pretty close to saying that I would guarantee that. Um, last year we were losing uh, on the left side with Cresswell, just you know not being able to compete. Sometimes uh, we had a lot of injury issues, but now we've got that backup for pretty much every position. So, and especially with this new striker coming in, I mean, I'm uh, you know we we did well last season. I would say we we've got a really good shot at some you know. Champions League football next year or yeah. the season after. No, I agree. I think with that lockdown, assuming Aguero is not um, out for a significant amount of time, I think we got ourselves a real team. I mean, we've yep. we haven't lost any any real on the field contributors from last year, and we've added um, already what I think are will be a couple of good players, and then if a left back would really help us. I mean, let's be honest. We Cresswell Cresswell's red card was perhaps why we were out of the Europa League. Yeah, that hurt. Yeah. And so uh, if you add in Cres- if you add in a solid left back, I don't know what position I would consider our weakest at that point. Maybe the the last starting attacking midfield, like that left mm-hmm. side, you know, if I if I'm assuming I, I would say Fornals and Bowen are are no no questions for me to start. I don't know if it'd be Vlasic or, or Ben Rama. Those a little somewhat more inconsistent there. But otherwise, yeah, I think it would be um, really strong. One position I'd like to also say um, if that if I were the manager, I would sign after a left back is some sort of pacey attacker. That could be another striker. It could be a winger. Um, but someone that has a bit of pace to them. Because I think that is the one thing our attack does not have a lot of right now. I think Antonio has a, has a little bit, um, but he's, he's shifting more and more to, to dealing with um, his, his strength rather than, than pace. And then I think Bowen has a little bit of pace on him, but like Fornals, Ben Rama, Skamaka. Um, they're technical players. They're, yeah. more, they're more technical players. They're, more, they're not yeah. really players that, that are just going to dribble down the outside past a lot of players. Um, so I would say that that's another something else that I think our team could use. Yeah. Now we've got a couple of players that we may or may not sign. Um, right now we've got, you know, I would say Caustic is the biggest one from Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, you have a little bit more experience, obviously being a fan of Eintracht. What kind, what can you give us on that? And where's the deal at? Yeah. So I've, I've, I kind of Eintracht's my second team uh, behind West Ham, and um, he's man Kostic. Kostic has been their best player for the last, I'd say, probably four seasons, um, three or four seasons. Just an excellent, excellent player on the left side. He really had played more of a um, left winger role, I'd say. He's the, the the last few seasons they've played kind of a I would call it more of a three back than a five back three center backs and then you know wing backs I'm using scare quotes um, on, on the outside but I would really call them more wingers that just had some responsibility to get back um, and he's an excellent player very pacey massive work rate excellent excellent del- delivery. Um, very much reminds as as far as work rate goes. Very much reminds me of a Bowen, super willing to get forward, but also really tracks back. Um, more defensively, more defensive prowess than a Bowen, and a little better delivery. Um, but man, he is he's an excellent player. Has had um, right around ten assists a season for the last uh, number of years, um, and, and just really a. Um, a creator on his own. You know, we had, if we go back a few years, we had Payet who could create on his own. We had, I would argue, um, or create chances on his own. Uh, I think Kostic is one of those players, not necessarily that he's creating um, direct chances that he's shooting, but he can take um, basically no, um, no help from anyone on that flank and put in a, get down the line with the ball get in a brilliant cross, create a chance for someone in the center. So basically like doesn't really require other um, players to, to give him 
give him a lot for him to create chances. Yeah. And I can say from my experience as a Bayern Munich fan, there's a couple of players that every team has that you're kind of like, well, we really need to watch out for them or they're going to be a problem defensively for us. And he's one of those guys um, in the Bundesliga, like, you know, Kostic. Um, so I am, I was absolutely um, thrilled to see that we're going after him. And um, do you have any more updates on where that deal is progressing? If we're going to assign him or. Yeah. So I think the biggest hang up right now is he doesn't know if West Ham's the best place for his career after this specifically um, he's guaranteed champions league football with Eintracht. He's been there for several years. So he knows um, he'll, he'll have a good, he'll have a good season there. He's also has only one year left on his contract. So he has the potential if he doesn't uh, sign with us this year to, to be a free transfer next year. And then that would basically mean he could get that, that big money deal because there is no transfer fee. Um, and it would be kind of the last year he could get a big four-year contract. Um, so I think that's the biggest hiccup now. We're trying to argue that, trying to, to convince him to join us with, with big wages. But, but I, I think it's very, um, very respectable reasons why he might not join us. Like it's, it's not a, he doesn't think that we're necessarily a small club or he doesn't want to come to London. It's more of, he just has very good options otherwise. And so I kind of, I respect his decision to, to maybe take time to decide what he wants to do with his, his next step. But that being said about Kostic, uh, well, it looks like we are maybe having some backup options to him. Cornet from Burnley, uh, Grimaldo from Benfica. I think these are, these are both kind of comparable players, both more attacking minded. I'd say Grimaldo is more experienced as a, uh, as a true left back that, than either Kostic or Cornet, but um, I, honestly, any three of those I think would be would be a good signing. Uh, let's go ahead. And, I won't talk too much about those. We'll move on to kind of a discussion we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, we we ended up signing Skamaka as our number one striker, or, but but we were also you know, heavily linked to to Armando Broja of Chelsea, and ultimately it seemed like. Uh, Chelsea aren't quite certain if they want to sell the player. Chris, do you think it was the right move, uh, or do you, or would you have taken Broja over Skamaka? Yeah, so this is this is an interesting one. Um, originally, we had a, a ton of interest, and I think we that interest is still there, or at least it was until we signed Skamaka. But then Chelsea kind of held the reins and um, didn't didn't really release him. And I mean, we made some decent offers for him, so that to me is interesting because um, I. Now that we've signed Skamaka, I'm definitely happy with that. I think that will be really, really good for us. I think Broja would have been good for us. Um, I would say I'm equally happy. I don't think I have one over the other. Do you? Yeah, I mean, I think there's ups and downs to both. I think the things I would have liked more about Broja is that he, I think he plays more similar style to Antonio and that he's both pacey and strong, where I think Skamaka is not is not slow, but more just strong. Um, and so kind of the, the same offensive style could be played, whether we had Brozier or Antonio. Um, he has some Premier League experience. I will say he didn't necessarily have a great goal return in the Premier League, where Skamaka was very prolific in Italy. So that, that's, a, that's a bonus. Um, yeah, I, I don't honestly think uh, we could have gone wrong with either one. And I thought it was probably the right move that with enough people after Skamaka, um, Brozier being uncertain, it, it was better just to get what, what I'd consider a, a solid A-level talent um, and, and then just leave, uh, you know, rather than try and get someone that might be a slightly better fit but then end up potentially getting no one uh, or going to, uh, you know, the, the, the bargain event at the very end of the window. So, yeah. and then we've, yeah. we've, we've been linked to a few more players, uh, it looks like uh, Onana of of Lille is is the the one that maybe is I won't say most likely to join because there is some uh, dispute about whether Lille want to sell for the price that we want to pay, but at least the the player that we have the most interest in right now that's still in the cards. Do you think he's kind of a more defensive midfielder? Um, does this signing make sense for us if it happens? Yeah, uh, I honestly I don't think so. I don't think we're going to get him. Um, I think we would have spent more time if we were on the podcast, uh, if he was like a super, super serious one. If we, 
it would surprise me if we signed him. I'll put it that way. I don't think, uh, I, I really don't think I see a need for him, especially when we're fin- signing downs. Do you? No, it, it, it would have made sense if we really wanted to pursue Onana and then gotten the deal done early in the summer and not signed downs. Yep. Um, because obviously Onana is a, seen as a, a bigger talent. But yeah, it, if we bring in Onana, to me, it almost means we would, we would almost certainly sell Suchek or Rice in the next six months. What doesn't make sense to have all those players um, unless we fundamentally change the system we played to, to, to somehow incorporate all three. But, and then finally, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're in for, for a number of kind of wingers, um, Saar of Watford, Dennis of Watford, Shane Uzai of, of on a free transfer, most recently of Real Sociedad. Is there one that stands out to you that you, you think is, is the best fit or really um, do you think we even need any of these, any of those at all? Yeah, so that's interesting. Uh, Saar to me is the one that if we, if we had to take one out of those, I would take him. Um, I, I, I don't see us signing one of them again. Uh, we've got the talent we've got, you know, we've got the wingers honestly pretty set. Um, we even have a couple subs, so we've got the pace, we've got the technicality, like pretty, pretty much every box that I see that we would need is checked in terms of wingers. Is there like a, a massive like um, hole that you see that I, needs filled with these players? Cause I don't really see one. I would, I think I would take Dennis out of all of these because he has the ability to play up top, but also as a winger, um, he had a good goal return for Watford last year and a relatively poor team. Um, and I think he has a not, I wouldn't say he's the fastest player in the world, but he has more pace than I think just about any of our current wingers do besides maybe Bowen. Um, so I think him, I would take Sar because of, his pace, but he also mm-hmm. hasn't had the best end product. Uh, but I, I, I don't think we necessarily need another winger right now. Uh, talks of, of Vlasic may be sold or, or loaned out to another club. I think if that's the case, maybe I, I can see it more likely that we get one of these players, but I don't think it's um, – it would be nice to get them. I think they fit my, my kind of uh, – what I talked about, wanting a, a pacey attacker that can either play up top or, or on the wing. But uh, if we didn't get it, I don't think it would be crucial. Yeah, and one important thing to note is none of these players that – um, it maybe besides Costich, uh, which we already talked about, would start, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't, I don't see any of these as, as yeah, starting eleven with unless injuries happen. Um, with with the team currently is uh, as it is, I, I think we've, you know, barring the signing of of that left sided player, whether it's Costich or another, I think it's it's likely that we basically have the, the structure of our team in place. Um, what do you see from us this season? Where do, where do you see us finishing? What, how do you see us performing in the Cups and then in the Europa Conference League? Yeah, uh, so this is this is the fun part. I, with such a strong transfer season and and uh, the summer signings that are really really exciting. To be frank, uh, I see us being competing for Champions League. I think if we do sign that left back, I would like I said before, I, I would almost guarantee um, that we would be there just just because we would have such a solid team. And I mean, think about, you know, the likes of Liverpool and Man City, all of their positions are covered. They've all got fantastic players in each one. And I would almost, I would see that with West Ham if we sign Costage. If we don't sign him, I think we have a chance to still, you know, compete absolutely to that level. Um, But I do think that the left side would would be our weaker side. Um, With that said, Conference League, I could see, um, I I don't want to say like, I think we'll go very far. I don't want to guarantee anything with that because you always could just have a bad game or a, you know, bad run there. And then with the FA cup again, I think we should go pretty far as well. Um, I, I mean, I, I could see us winning, you know, either one. I don't think we'll win both. What about you? Yeah. I think for the premier league uh, top half of the table is a must, especially if we want to keep, um, keep showing ambition. I think honestly, I'd be somewhat disappointed with like a ninth or 10th place finish. I agree, uh, especially with how how good we've been. Um, I think realistically, I'd be happy with any spot that finishes in Europe, um, even if it was kind of the same as last year. I but I hope, however, we would get um, be in contention for the last Champions League spot, whether that you know 
fighting, fighting for it, maybe we end up fifth in, in fifth or sixth and get Europa League. But I, I think we really need to um, – we, we were in contention for that spot for the, the first kind of half, two-thirds of the season, and then uh, our, our depth caught up to us and, and we started to really fall off. But I, So I think we can do it. Um, I think the teams are – some teams have maybe gotten better, but I don't think any of the teams that are right around us have necessarily gotten better. So I think we can we can really push it. Uh, the cups, you know, those are so up and down. I honestly wouldn't mind sacrificing that for. I'm I'm more of the opinion of, uh, you know, as, assuming we're not going to win the cups, which I think are somewhat unlikely. Uh, I think we have a shot at getting far, but I would rather focus more on the Premier League uh, until we got to the latter stages. But as far as Europa Conference League, I'd honestly be fairly disappointed if we didn't get past the group stage and, and several a couple rounds of the knockout stage. I think we we really have the ability to win it. Obviously, our, our performances in the Europa League showed that, that we can get very far, um, but there's no reason with the, the, the quality of competition that we're facing, we shouldn't get at least out of the group stages. Yeah, I agree. And I've got a, one more question for you on this. I think this will be a little bit of an interesting discussion. Uh, with the teams around us, you know, just give me a quick, do you think we're stronger or do you think we're weaker than, like, I'd say Man United, uh, Tottenham and, you know, try to throw one more, uh, probably Wolves. I would say we're definitely stronger than Wolves. I'd say, I would argue we are much stronger than Man United, especially if we sign that left back. And then with Tottenham, I'd say we're p- probably equal to Tottenham. Yeah. That's, that's what I'd give. I would say we're probably lower than Tottenham because if they keep Kane, okay. Um, I think we're definitely above Wolves at this current stage. Uh, they they don't scare me like they did a couple of years ago, and I think that's partially because they've gotten worse and we've gotten better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with with Man United, that that team has had a lot of turnover this year with the new manager, the new signings. I don't really know if they've gotten better. I, th- I agree. I th- I think they have the problem that they seem to have every year that it is just a kind of a collection of highly talented players, but it is not, doesn't seem to be a team of highly motivated individuals or like highly, they are more, um, they're, they're a FIFA team. You know, you're a team, you're a team you want to play on FIFA, but then when you, you know, when you get into the, the 38 game premier league season, you just kind of look at them and they're like, these these pieces don't necessarily fit together in in, in a way. So yeah, I, I would say um, that is kind of the team we should probably be be fighting the most for them and Tottenham is fighting for that that final Champions League spot. Yeah, Chris, uh, let's go into the future and what we see for this season. It's a little bit different season with the World Cup. Uh, the schedule you know starts a little bit earlier, and I, I'm excited for that. Uh, we've got some big changes I think to the podcast this coming season, and then. Uh, just yeah, give me what what do you have for that? So yeah, it's been it's been several months since we've had an episode. I guess we'll kind of uh, both give a little bit of a life update. I'll go. I guess I'll go first because mine's a little shorter. So I'm in the final year of a of a PhD program. So I've been pretty busy the last few months and and coming up for the next few months uh, as well. So I um, it, it will be difficult to get episodes out. Uh, from my end, but, but my, that's not necessarily all that, that is going on. So Chris, why don't you t- tell people what you've got coming up? Yeah. So uh, the workload for you definitely is, uh, you know, I think impacting it. And the big one for me is going to be my workload. Uh, so I'm in the U uh, S military and about to go on deployment. I'm not going to be able to record for quite a few months uh, looking pretty much for the whole season. Uh, so we'll see there. It's uh, very uncertain on when, when that ends, but um, with that said, you know, Chris is a spy and he's going to be at <laughs> undisclosed location. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not quite it, but yeah. Um, no, but I, it's going to be interesting. Unfortunately, I'm going to miss the world cup, which is, uh, which is killing me. I mean, not only missing the premier league season, but also the, uh, the world cup. So yeah. So that'll be interesting. Um, but we've, we've got a couple of things. Uh, Chris, you maybe do some episodes. We've got, um, some ideas for keeping it going. Yeah. I think we'll still have, um, Probably, uh, I, I'm really Chris is Chris is a lot better than I am at the at the Twitter interactions. Uh, so I'll try and keep that going a little bit. Um, as far as episodes go, 
Um, I'm hoping to do a few, uh, few solo episodes throughout the season, probably not as frequent as we did uh, in the, in the past few seasons. Um, and, and if Chris ever is able to get internet access, maybe we can get, get him on for one, but, but we'll, we'll think of something where maybe playing with the potential of bringing on uh, a couple other people uh, to, to get some episodes in, but yeah, uh, as of now, it's um, a whole lot up in the air. I wouldn't necessarily expect uh, another episode soon, but um, hopefully we'll, we'll get a few out there throughout the season. So, yeah. And I think, uh, you know, next season as we're looking to come back strong as well. So yeah. um, we don't, don't we have tons of plans for that yet, but I think um, it's, it's really just this year is going to be uh, a little yeah sporadic. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. No plans to, to shutter the podcast. It's more just a um, yeah. hiatus, if you will. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, right. well, uh, with that, we'll wrap it up. Uh, exciting transfer season. Uh, even even more to look forward to for the season coming up. Uh, we've had a strong last season and only looking to build. Uh, Chris, do you have any final thoughts? No, I'm just – I'm really excited about the season. I think it's – we've shown a lot of ambition in the transfer window, and I'm really excited to – it looks like we've held on to Rice uh, it, for at least the – least until January, if not the whole season. So I'm excited to see him playing in West Ham shirt again. I'm just really excited for what the team can accomplish. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, in West Ham, we trust. So come on, you irons. <laughs> come on, you irons. <laughs>